if you study the Bible, the Bible talks about mysteries. Mysteries are hidden secrets. So when you begin to study the Bible with the help of the Holy Spirit, he unravels the truth and makes us understand the ways and patterns of God. See, we most Christians don't understand the ways and the patterns of God. When a prophetic word is released, we think and we believe many times that it, the manifestation should be instant. It doesn't happen that way. Let me tell you something. When a prophetic word is released over a life, when your destiny is revealed, I don't care how much faith you have, you will never arrive at your destiny the next moment. When it pertains to a life, there is always a process and there is no shortcut. But if it does not involve an individual, yes, the power of God will circumvent, overtake time, and cause the miracle to happen. Example, he said, take that water and serve it to the guest of honor. By the time it went to the guest of honor, it became what? Wine. Usually it takes years before it becomes so valuable and so precious. But God circumvented that. But when it comes to a life, he never does that. I don't care how much faith you have. That young girl sitting behind Catherine can never become a 40-year-old woman. There is a process in life. And this is very important for us to understand because a destiny or a prophetic word is like a vision. And God wants us to make sure we have our eyes fixed on our destiny, but not complain about the process. Because if you have to reach the destiny and you have committed yourself into the hands of God, he's going to take you through a place and not one, but several places where he's shaping your character and molding you to, to be the one that can handle the destiny or handle the position. He promised and said, I've given you the land that flows with milk and honey. Correct? How many years was it before they could actually step into that land? Because let me tell you something. God is more interested in developing your character before he can manifest the miracle. We want to avoid the process and we want instant miracles all the time. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Many of us have been confessing the word about certain situations in life. For example, it could be healing. Or maybe prosperity, maybe a job, maybe something. And it seems like you're never achieving it or arriving it or experiencing it. It seems like it's evading you. How many can agree with me? Yes? And you wonder why. 
and you keep confessing and you keep praying and you keep, you know, knocking on the door and you do all this, but you never seem to arrive. Here is this thing that I want you to learn. Don't stop the confession. Don't stop the praying in the Holy Spirit. But while you're going through the processes of life, you're going through that path where you can feel the pressure. The more you're praying that God will provide for your needs, the less supplies you have. The more you're crying out for a job, the less opportunities present themselves. And the, even the few that you get, you get rejected. And you wonder why this faith thing doesn't work. No, hold it. Don't draw such conclusions so suddenly. Don't be too quick to judge. Maybe, maybe, God is wanting to do something in your life, to turn something around, to change something in you, not around you. Before you can arrive at the place where you can actually have the manifestation in your life. He said, he took them through the wilderness. Deuteronomy chapter 8. To prove what was in their heart. He led them through the wilderness to show them and teach them that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, there is a process where God is training your spirit man. He is working on the soul and also on your body. And is wanting you to grasp something because when you hit that land, when you arrive at that place and your character has not been molded, it won't be long before you fall again. That's why some people get healed and within no time fall back sick. Because they don't know how to maintain that. They have tried to short circuit and circumvent the process. You have to go before the Lord. If something is not breaking loose, if something is not manifesting, and you've been praying, you've been crying out to God, and you've been confessing the word, and you've been standing on faith in the word of God, and nothing seems to break, and nothing seems to happen, I suggest strongly to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I open my heart. I want to know your ways. I want to know your patterns. He said, he gave him a dream and he said, all the brothers, the sun and the moon and the stars, they're going to bow before you. Before they could bow, he had to bow. Before foreigners, before the heathen. And his feet had to be in fetters. He had to know what prison life was. Are you listening to me? Don't avoid learning and understanding the patterns of God. Moses knew the ways of God. So when there was all around death 
and no way of escaping. Everybody was shouting and yelling and complaining and murmuring. Moses said, just shut up. I know my God. He had developed his character not to yell and complain and murmur and say, it's all over. No. In the midst of the fire, in the midst of death, in the midst of, you know, no escape. He said, shut up. Why? Because you knew the ways of God. He said, my God is going to save me. I don't know how. Did he know how God was going to save him? Did he have a visitation? Did he have a vision? Did he have a dream? Did the angel show up? No. The only thing he knew was, my God cannot lie. My God got me through every situation that I'd faced. And I know this is not going to be any different. He will set me free. He will deliver us. He will take me to that promised land. Say amen somebody. So I want you to understand, we got to become people who know the ways of God. Everybody wants immediate promotion. Everybody wants immediate wealth. Everybody wants to be on the highest position. Everybody wants to enjoy the blessed life. Wait a minute. If all your focus is only getting wealth, living comfortable, and making your, and, and living an easy life, you miss the point. Prosperity is not for your pleasure. Are you listening to me? Prosperity is not for your pleasure and my pleasure. Prosperity is for his pleasure and for his kingdom. If you don't understand it, and you don't have a revelation of this, the Bible says the prosperity will destroy a fool. Because he thinks the prosperity is for myself and the prosperity will destroy him. If you don't know what, how God thinks and how God operates, when you become wealthy, you know what? The side effect of wealth without God is proud, pride. Now, it's my money. I will do whatever I want to do. And you know another side effect? You know, in America, when they have these drugs or medication that is uh, advertised, they talk a lot about the good thing. Then suddenly they turn, I mean, they, they switch and they give you all the side effects. And they say, this is a medication to heal you of asthma and do this and do that. It's great. And then side effects. You may get diarrhea, you may die. I'm not kidding. One of the side effects of too much wealth without God is arrogance. Pride. It's my money. That's when you begin to complain. How can I tithe so much? Why should I give to God? It's my hard-earned money. I'm not against prosperity at all. But prosperity under the control of God. Whatever he has blessed me with, I should be ready to say, it's at your disposal, my God. I'm not an owner, I'm a steward. Come on, say that with me. I'm a steward. And whatever you're controlling now as wealth under you is because God has trusted you to that degree. And the reason you're not growing and you're depleting, you're thinking it's a pandemic. You're thinking of the situation around. You're thinking because there are no jobs. You're thinking it's all about everything outside. No, it's all to do with what is inside you. Do you know the ways of God? 
How does God think? How does God operate? How does God perform things? How does God deal with man? I want us to understand that if you're genuinely born again, And you claim to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then I believe. That the, the cry of your heart. Would be for his kingdom. When you taught the Lord's prayer. He said our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. What was the next thing? He never prayed about his needs. He never prayed about his job. He never prayed about his clothing. He never prayed about what pertains to him. He said, Lord, what concerns you is of greater importance to me than anything that concerns me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which means what? The cry of every genuine believer must be, thy kingdom come. And when you pray that prayer, you got to put yourself in it and say, Lord, what do I do about this? How do I get involved in this? Because he said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, seek ye what? Seek ye what? The kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Everybody say first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be. Now, I want to draw attention to a few things here. Number one. He said, seek ye first. The general meaning of seek is Search. But I believe it is much stronger than the word search. Seek is search until you find. I'll tell you why. Because the way it was translated, I'm going to show you that. What God is saying in his word is, pursue the kingdom of God with all your heart. Which means that becomes your priority. Kingdom advancement endeavor is your first priority in life. Not your job. You can use your job for that. Not your position. You can use your position for that. Not your placement in life or in society. Use that for what? To advance the kingdom. But many people, when they get blessed and get into high positions of authority, they distance themselves from the church. There are so many of such government officials in our country that don't want to do anything with church. They know, never show up in church. Instead of using their position and their office to enhance the kingdom, they stay away from doing anything for the Lord. That is not the heart of a true believer. But when they need a transfer, but when they need a promotion in where they are, then they'll seek the church. Because they don't know the ways of God. They don't know the heartbeat of God. 
Am I questioning their born-again experience? Not at all. I'm questioning what occupies their heart as a priority. The Bible talks about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer in close proximity to the king. And we read that Nehemiah was a cupbearer. So we generally tend to think, well, that means he just carries the cup and serves wine or something. And so that can be done even by an uneducated person. I don't believe Nehemiah was uneducated. Nehemiah was very well educated is what my belief is. You know why? Because he could govern a nation. He could command an army. He could rebuild a city. You with me? He utilized his position and proximity to the king to do what? Not for personal gain. Not for personal wealth. But to enhance the kingdom. When he saw the nation dilapidated in ruins, the gates broken, the walls broken, and bar no barrier, and, and became a laughing stock among the people around them. His heart broke, and that was the heart cry of God. He was looking for a man that would rebuild his city. He was looking for a man that would bring protection to his people in that land. His heart went out. He said, I'm going to give up my position. But I'm going to use my position to do what? To build the kingdom. He could have lived his life in safety and security in the king's palace and said, well, I'll stay here and I'll pray from a distance. And Lord, do something about it. No, no. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and use me for that. What is your heart cry? Will God not provide a job? That's nothing for God. Can God not promote you? That's simply very easy for God. Can He not provide wealth? Sometimes you don't even have to go for a job to get wealth. Go fishing and they heard what? Going to gold. You don't know how God can provide. But where is your heart? What is your focus on in life? I'm not saying that you should give up your jobs. I'm not saying you should stop business. No. God calls different people in different areas of work. But wherever God places you, the heart cry must be what? Kingdom advancement. How can I use my time, my talent, my energy... My influence, my wealth, whatever you bless me, Lord, to enhance the kingdom. To see the kingdom. Have you got talents? Have you got skills? Have, has God blessed you with, endowed you with some things that are awesome in your life? Can you use them to establish the kingdom? What are you doing with all that? I keep repeating and I want to say it again. Prosperity should never be the pursuit of a Christian. Prosperity must pursue a Christian. 
When you, when your heart is searching and seeking after God, prosperity will seek you out. Blessings will seek you out. Let me say this, money will seek you out. There is no reason in the world why you should lack. What is outside you cannot control your destiny. But your destiny can be determined by what is inside you. Are you all listening to what I'm saying? So we need to understand that we need to be seekers of the kingdom of God. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now the word seek is to earnestly look for with an expectation of finding it. Earnestly look for with an expectation of finding it. Listen. To find salvation is very easy. You know why? Because God has freely given it. He has reached out to man. But after salvation, this is what I said on Friday. God hides himself. And he says, seek me. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Mysteries, valuable stuff, is not thrown on the road. You have to dig deep. That's why you will never amount to anything and never be able to impact people around you or your generation if you just read the Bible for 10 minutes a day or maybe read, you know, for the sake of reading. When you read the Bible, if the Bible, what you read, is not transforming your thinking, your heart, and renewing your mind, you're just reading another book. Come on, church. So when I read the Bible, I need the interpreter with me. Why? Because he inspired the writers to write. So the writers sometimes wrote under the inspiration, but they never understood. That's why they struggled to identify the Messiah. The prophetic word was released that the Messiah would come, the Messiah would suffer, the Messiah would be crucified, the Messiah would die, and the Messiah would rise again. But, and this was prophesied under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, written in the Bible, written in the Torah, but they never understood it. So when I want to understand the Bible... Thank God for Bible schools and thank God for seminaries. And I would encourage everybody that is wanting to go to ministry should go through the systematic study and systematic theology and doctrine. It's important. But to truly understand, you need the Holy Spirit God. Because he knows the intent with which he caused those people to write. I don't care how educated you are, how intel intelligent you are, how venerated you are among mankind. It's only the Holy Spirit that can give you real understanding of what the word is. 
So we need, so when you say seek, he's asking, he's encouraging us and exhorting us to go after him so that he can throw light and we might receive revelation. See, sometimes when you're preaching the word, there can be a person right in front who is literally in tears, weeping. And the person next to him is laughing and wondering, why is this guy crying? He has a revelation and an encounter that you don't even understand. And that's by the Holy Spirit. Both of you have heard the same word. But how is it that it has impacted his life more than it has impacted yours? Because it's the Holy Spirit that gives the revelation and throws light. So when he says, seek, he's asking every one of us to go after the heart of God and say, Lord, how can I be involved in the affairs of your kingdom? Because not everybody is called to preach. Not everybody is called to be an apostle. Some are called to write, document, like Luke. We don't read anywhere that Luke performed a miracle. We don't read anywhere that Luke preached the word. But whatever he heard, saw, he documented. And if he did not, what, what, a, what a valid calling that was. He left his medical profession and became a document writer. And because of his obedience to the call, today we have the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of Apostles. So no calling is less than the other. And listen. You don't have to give up a profession. You don't have to stop doing business. But where you are placed, say, God, I'm available. I want to seek your kingdom. I want you to work through me because I'm seeking your face. When he says seek first, he means seek, seeking God and his kingdom before seeking anything else. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says, says you, will, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Go, wait. That means you can seek him and not find him. I said, you can seek him and not find him because if your heart is not involved wholeheartedly, you don't go after God, you're not going to, you're not going to find him. Examine, let's examine our hearts. Why are we in church today? Why do we pray? Is it only that our needs may be met? Is it only that we can live a good, healthy life and a long life? Is it because my children can go to the foreign country? Is it because my child can get a seat in a prestigious college or a university or somewhere in the world? Why do I pray? You know, you can say, I prayed, Pastor, I prayed for an hour today. Okay, what did you pray? I said this on Friday, I'm going to say it again. Prayer is not necessarily for petitioning. Prayer is for transformation. Prayer is not just to impact something that's outside, but prayer is more to impact something that's inside. The Bible says when Jesus prayed, 
His clothing glistened. See, something happened on the inside that his presence began to radiate and to the degree that clothes began to shine. That's prayer. If you reduce prayer to only receiving and getting things in life, you have not truly understand, understood the value or the importance of prayer. So when I say seek the Lord, I'm not just saying seek the Lord for things. He said all these things will be added. He never said seek them. Amen. What to eat, what to wear, okay, where to live, which car to drive, which country to live, who to marry. He never said pursue these. He said pursue my kingdom first. And all these things shall be added. Which means they will be attracted to you. Come on, amen. So as a true believer, whether you're a student or a professor, or a professor whether you are a menial worker or a great businessman, whatever you are and whoever you are, the cry of your heart must be, Lord, how can I be involved in the kingdom business? I want to seek to do something to advance the kingdom, to beautify the kingdom, to enlarge the kingdom, to impact the kingdom. My heart must cry out to be used and poured out as a drink offering that will impact lives of millions of people all over the place. Because, see, the impact is not to impact like a motivational speaker. How many know motivational speakers also impact lives? And that's not bad at all. But we are not called to be motivational speakers. But if you're called to be a motivational speaker, use that as a platform to touch lives. Seek to be involved in practical terms in advancing the kingdom. Seek to see and find the face of God. To understand his heartbeat. If you don't understand the heartbeat of God, you will be a man or a woman that lives on a diet of miracles and is always expecting another miracle. Soon after one miracle, you want another miracle. You, you want to avoid the process. And so what happens? You never mature. You're ever learning, never arriving. Somebody say amen. amen. But God wants us to be a people that seek after his kingdom first. So as you leave this place today, I want you to genuinely ask yourself, what am I doing? Don't boast about how many chapters of the Bible you read or read every day. Don't boast about the fact as to how many hours you spend in time and how many hours you spend in prayer. Unless you have been called to the ministry of prayer and become like the prophetess Anna who spent all her time in the temple praying to God. That was her calling. No, you need to find out why. Why am I alive still? Lord, when things improve, I will do something. No, you need to do now. 
today, now. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time you need to come in and say, Lord, from this day forward, I want to serve you. But I don't know how. So, Lord, whatever you've given me, I'm going to surrender unto you. I'm going to seek your kingdom first. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to seek your kingdom. I want you to work through me. Let these hands be your hands. Let my feet be your feet. Let my mouth be your mouth. And God, whatever talents, whatever skill you've given me, I surrender unto you that you can use them to manifest your glory and expand the kingdom of God. The word seek. In Matthew 6.33, the word seek. I'm just giving you the English um, grammar behind it because it has a, it's, an, it's very important for us to understand this. It's a present imperative verb. It's a present imperative verb that means one is to pursue something and keep on pursuing it without stopping. Pursue and keep on pursuing without stopping. You say, I love the Lord. Yeah? Somebody said the proof is in the pudding. Show me how much time you give to God every day. What have you done in the last week that you can say, I did it for God, for his kingdom? Many of us have become professionals in using God, his word, his promises, his principles to achieve our goals. I know sometimes I might come across as being hard, but it's a hard fact of life. We have, we have learned to understand and we are learning principles and forgetting the God of the principles. We have learning the principle of sowing and reaping, but we're forgetting the God of the principle of sowing and reaping. So whatever we reap, it's mine. Now I decide what to do with it. Yes, I sow, I reap. Yes. Do you know there are people out there in the world that don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? They don't believe in the Bible, but yet practice tithing. They don't call it tithing. They give 10% to charity. That's a principle in the Bible. That's a principle taught from the Word of God. But they've, they've cut God out of the picture and they practice the principle. The principle works. So I can show you rich people who are without God. But what is the purpose of preaching that? Is it so that you can be separated from God? Or is it that you can experience God even more and yield yourself so that He can use you to be a blessing to others? See, David was so conscious of the fact of how God was blessing him that he did not one day decide, okay, now how much money do I have? How much can I give to the temple? No, he had a plan. He had planned over a period of time as God was giving him wealth and God was blessing him with gold and silver and precious stuff. He said, put this aside. This is all going to the temple. He always thought about God. How can he glorify God? How can he magnify God? How can he build a place for God that can be called the house of God? 
He never forgot the, the, need, the, the, the value uh, and the importance of serving God first. That's why he's called a man after my own heart. As wealthy as he was, he said, Lord, I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house. His heart was not fixed on the wealth. His heart was not fixed on his position as one of the most powerful kings of his, time, of his generation and time. His heart was fixed on, I want you, God. God, I need you. I pray that today, I'm not trying to lecture anyone. I'm only praying that whatever I've spoken will begin to work in your hearts. Like a double-edged sword. If it has been hardened, the word will break your heart. And the sword will pierce through your heart and cause it to bleed for Jesus. But the good thing is, the great surgeon will always fix it back. And give us a heart of flesh. Church, I urge you. Stop seeking things and start seeking God. I want to show you examples from the Bible, but we have run out of time today. We'll carry on with this. But the heart cry of every child of God must be, Lord, teach me how to seek your kingdom first. And the cry must be, Lord, I'm seeking, I want to know you, I want to know you, I want to know you. Wasn't that the cry, the prayer that Paul prayed? Lord, open the eyes of my understanding that I may know you. When I know God, when I see, when I, when I experience, when I have that, you know, that manifest glory touch my life. The cry of my heart will be, Lord, how can I serve you? How can I, how can I minister to you? What can I do? Would be the cry. But when you just have a born-again experience and you keep a distance from everything that is related to God, but you're using your born-again experience as a fire insurance so that you don't end up in hell, well, you'll live a very frustrated life. Because you want to be owner of your life. No, you're not the owner. He has bought you with a price. You do not own your life. Can I tell you something? You don't have the right to make any choices in life without his approval. Who you will marry, where you will live, what you will do in life has to be according to his will. Because he has destined everything. Let me tell you something. It has been already written in the volumes of his book before you were born again about you. So what is my, what is my role then? To discover that and align myself so I can fulfill whatever has been written in the volumes of the books. Oh, that's, that's a great opportunity, great job. They will give me this and I will have a house and I will have two cars and I have people serving me and I'm in a high position. Yeah. That's all you can see. But you can't see the trench and the ditch the devil has already dug for you. 
that if you take that opportunity, if you say yes to it, it's the beginning of your downfall. Man, you don't understand. She is the right one. I know, I know, I know. How? He is the one. He is. He, man, I ask that today if he's the right one, he should come with a blue shirt. And she should come with the high heels. I know it is God. Shut up. The devil can orchestrate everything in the outside world. You're not your own. Every choice you and I make must be submitted to God if you seek the, God, the kingdom of God first. Said, Lord, I'm going this way. This is Paul. These are the nations I'm going towards. And he has, he has a vision. No. The man from Macedonia says, come this way. He could not decide. He yielded to the Lord. That's how the purposes of God were fulfilled through Paul. So that at the end of the time, writing a letter to Timothy, he says, I've run my course. I finished everything. And I'm waiting for my crown. He had the fulfillment. He knew, I've arrived. But if he had disobeyed, he would be spending the, the last days of his life in regret. I pray none of us will ever have to spend the last days of our life in regret. But we can all peacefully say, yes, Lord, I thank you that I've been able to fulfill the purposes for which I was created. Now I wait for my crown. And I'm not preaching a death message this morning, please. <laughs> so don't start canceling me out. Because some of you under your breath, you're saying, cancel, 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 cancel. I, I can hear that. I'm not preaching about death. I'm preaching about finishing the course. I'm preaching about finishing and fulfilling your purpose in life. So church, as we close, I want you to ask yourself, what am I doing for God? How am I serving the Lord? Kingdom advancement is one of the mysteries for progress and growth and blessing. I will show you that. Kingdom advancement is the way, the mystery, and the pattern that God uses for our promotion, peace, good health, and long life. Say amen.